Hello and welcome to another episode of Essential Cardano 360, your monthly roundup of just some of the latest news and developments from across the Cardano ecosystem. Now, before we dive in, please remember to like, subscribe and hit that bell icon to get all the latest and greatest news about Cardano from the team here at IOG. Now, this month, of course, marks Cardano's sixth birthday. So a special shout out to everyone in the community who's been along for this incredible journey. A very happy birthday to all of us. It's been a busy month here with the team at IOG busy preparing for the NFTX Las Vegas event, among many other things, and I'm on the way there now. So it's a shorter show than usual, but we've got some nice updates for you today. We'll check in with Addy and Sam Leathers for an update on Voltaire and SancherNet. We'll feature the recent blockchain education collaboration in Kenya between IOG and the Africa Blockchain Center for Development. We've also had our cameras at August's Rare Evo event, so stay tuned for that coverage featuring just some of the builders working on Cardano and joining Intersect, the new member-based organization. But first up, Catalyst. The results of Fund 10 were announced earlier this month, so congratulations to all the projects that secured funding this time. And to those who didn't, please do think about entering a proposal in the next fund. Let's get the lowdown from Danny and Chris. Hello everyone, this is Daniel Rebar from Project Catalyst and today I'm also joined with my fellow colleague Chris Baird and we will be talking a little bit more about what has been happening behind the scenes and also what's ahead of us in terms of Project Catalyst. Now, unless you've been hiding somewhere behind the rock, you may have not realized the fact that uh, this month has been remarkable because we've just concluded a Fund 10 vote with the community selecting which projects they would like to see being built on Cardano. And it's been quite a show out for the entire Cardano community. In fact, more than 400,000 votes individually have been cast throughout the campaign, which now takes us more to than 2.1 million votes combined across all the funding campaigns in the past to date. It's been also one of the most active funding rounds to date in terms of uh, proposal submissions where more than 1500 ideas have been submitted and now we know that 192 of them have been selected by the community to go ahead and proceed with uh, their objectives. This brings the total amount of all funded projects to date across all funding rounds to more than 1300 proposals, which is quite exciting. But maybe you're watching and listening like, what is Project Catalyst? Where do these proposals come in into play in the first place? Well, what is Project Catalyst, Chris? Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about that? Happy to, Danny, and thank you. Hi, everyone. So a quick reminder on what Catalyst is. It's Cardano's turbocharged innovation engine. And it takes a traditional grant funding program and flips it on its head, whereby you guys in the Cardano community submit proposals, you evaluate them and give your opinions and share your feedback with those proposers through community reviews. And then you vote on which proposals you would like to see receiving funding to go forward and deliver. So it's very special. We've run 10 rounds of this now. And as Danny had pointed out, more than 1300 projects have been funded from more than 100 different countries all around the world. It really is an on-ramp for early startup projects and grassroots community endeavors in the Cardano ecosystem, providing a democratized opportunity for all who wish to participate. That's amazing, Chris. Now, we know that Fund 10 wasn't uh, exciting only because of its sheer amount of the funds available, which marked the biggest uh, funding round to date with 50 million ADA allocated. But there was something else special about this round. What was it, Chris? Fund 10 was extra special as it marked the first time that the Catalyst team submitted our own proposals for the community to review and vote on. 
and decide which direction they wanted Catalyst to go in. It's put us on a level footing with every other proposer and I'm really humbled and delighted to announce that the Cardano community has approved our proposals to go forward and deliver. So it's a very, very exciting moment. That's amazing, Chris. Would you be able to double click for a moment? What are these proposals about? So the three proposals are simply the Catalyst Fund operations. This is to provide us with the resources and a realistic plan for what it takes to actually execute Catalyst at the professional scale that we operate at. Additionally, we've got Catalyst Voices approved to go forward and be delivered, which will replace the idea scale front-end interface where you guys submit proposals into and the voices will come with a web-based wallet connect voting experience that will also have the first instantiation of liquid democracy and catalyst dereps brought into production into catalyst so very very soon you'll be able to delegate your voting power to trusted individuals to vote on your behalf which is a, a great improvement and advancement and then finally, there's the Catalyst Ecosystem Accelerator proposal, which is really an ambitious and truly innovative reimagining of the infrastructure and architecture design of all of the components for the Catalyst voting system. And this is really to take us into an enabling and empowering world whereby the infrastructure is able to be democratized, deployed by anybody, and will really realize and enable voting systems to proliferate in the Cardano ecosystem and beyond. That's awesome, Chris. Now we know that this fund was also something special with regards to an improvement in the process. If you haven't heard, based on the success of a milestone-based program pilot in Fund9, this time around, all funded projects are undergoing a thorough onboarding process together with many members of the community who play a vital role as a milestone reviewer and that is specifically helping to formulate and finalize each project's individual statement of milestones that will ultimately accompany all these projects throughout their lifespan. And this is an important milestone, especially for the Project Catalyst program as a whole, because it dramatically improves accountability towards community resources with regards to the funded projects. This also means that we are very close to rewards distribution as well for everybody else who's been participating in Fund 10, whether as a voter, community reviewer, or a multitude of other ecosystem roles. So you can expect uh, those disbursements coming in in the second half of the October incoming weeks. So make sure you stay tuned for more news via official channels. Speaking of the news, there was another special event that just happened a few days ago. What was it, Chris? Tell us more about it. This month, it gives me great pleasure to also say that we have reached an amazing milestone. It is Catalyst's third birthday, which is a tremendous achievement for every single person that's played a role in Catalyst, no matter how big or small. We've been doing this for three years now, really seeding the grassroots innovation on Cardano. If we look back to when we first started, it was all around seeding a Cambrian explosion of community grassroots projects. And I think we can be quite confident in saying that we've achieved that goal with more than 1,300 proposals funded to date. So what a journey we've taken together. I'm really, really pleased that we've been able to build this together and that we've also got the mandate to be able to go forward and continue building together. That is so exciting, Chris. Thank you so much. And again, let me reiterate, happy birthday, Project Catalyst, and I can't wait to see what the future funding rounds are going to bring to the Cardano ecosystem. Thank you for listening in today. 
So thanks to Danny and Chris for joining us. Now the Project Catalyst team has an ambitious plan to improve and evolve Catalyst over the year ahead to keep serving Cardano's community of builders and innovators. So do get involved and help shape that journey and be sure to join the Catalyst team for the Town Hall every Wednesday, 5 p.m. UTC, and you can find the link for that below. Next up, Voltaire. With significant momentum building since the end of last year, the governance journey for Cardano continues to accelerate. Aji Girard popped by to share a few updates and introduced Sam Leathers, who's helping lead the on-chain charge with SancherNet, the SIP1694 testnet for Cardano governance. Hi, I'm Addy Girard with IOG and I work on Voltaire Communications. Voltaire is an exciting age for the Cardano blockchain that features several key pillars, including democratic consent, institutions, and constitutional representation. Today, I'd like to share with you some of the progress we've had with regard to institutions. A critical component to successful governance are institutions that can help propel an ecosystem forward. Today, I'd like to discuss Intersect and some very exciting news that has come together for Intersect. As you know, Intersect is a key institution within the ecosystem, a place where developers, companies, and individuals across the ecosystem can come together to drive forward the Cardano blockchain. This month, Intersect celebrates 500 members. It's an exciting time to see so many people come together, passionate to see the future of Cardano and build it together. This month in the September Intersect Town Hall, several key community members shared what they were contributing to the Cardano blockchain and to the community at large. And there were also some key updates from the committees, including the open source committee, who have aligned on the principles that they would like to bring forward to advance Cardano's open source practice. You're not gonna to wanna to miss October's town hall, where two of the pioneer entities talk about joining Intersect as founding members and how important it is for the community to come together to drive forward Cardano as a blockchain. Representatives from Emergo and IOG are going to take center stage to talk about their hopes for Intersect and their excitement to be part of this organization. In order to join this town hall, you need to become a member, so don't miss out. You can find the link below in the show notes. Returning to the pillars of Voltaire, let's take a look at democratic consent, specifically SIP 1694 and the recent launch of Sancho Network. I'm super excited to be joined by Samuel Leathers. This is your first Cardano 360. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm Sam Leathers. I've been with IOG since 2018, and I'm now the head of product for Cardano Core Tech. We're so excited to have you. Let's jump right in, shall we? Sounds good. So Sam, I know you've been working diligently on SancherNet. What's the latest? So at the beginning of the month, we got full DREP support on SancherNet. We've had a number of SPOs and DREPs start to join on SancherNet, but we're definitely looking for more. In addition to that, we've added new action types. So now you can do treasury withdrawals on SancherNet as well, and the info action where you can do informal polls on SancherNet. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys all on SancherNet, and that's where we're at right now. That's really exciting, especially around the treasury and those withdrawals. I'm sure that's getting a lot of testing. What are the features they can look forward to next? So the next thing that's coming is the Constitution Committee. This is the governing body that interprets the Constitution and basically votes yes or no on proposals on if they're constitutional or not. 
We also have smart contracts in the work for DREPs and for the Constitution Committee and the Constitution itself. So the Constitutional Committee is going to respond to the Constitution, and I know there's a lot of excitement around what that might look like in real life through 2024. I saw some writing about a current Constitution on Sancho Net that was kind of funny. Have you had a chance to read through that as well? Oh, yes. Are you referring to the uh, flat caps and uh, cowboy hats? Absolutely. As you can see, I'm wearing a flat cap today, which is acceptable in, on Sancho Net, but it's not the traditional attire. The cowboy hat is more the traditional attire, but it doesn't fit very well with the headset on. Well, that's a shame. We all like to see you in the cowboy hat. So going back to the community's involvement, you said that there's still room for more. And obviously in the show notes, people will be able to join and participate and find their way to you. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the community members who are involved now? So we've had a number of SPOs come online, including some OGers from the old ITN days. We've also had some DREPs come online to start voting on actions. And most excitingly, we have had a huge surge in builders coming online. So for example, we have DBSync now that works on SanchoNet. We have uh, BlockFrost that has integrated with it. And we have the Gov tool that will let people get a high level view of what proposals are out there, how to vote on them, how DREPs have voted on them in the past, and what their track record looks like. It's so exciting to see so many community members come out. And I know we're really excited to see more join and they're coming more and more every day. You know, you touched on DREPs and how important that is for the ecosystem and looking at really a decentralized governance model. How is that looking on SanchoNet right now? So as SanchoNet transitions from being CLI only and requiring much technical focus as it did in the past month to having much more user-friendly tools for interacting with it, we hope to see a huge surge in DREPs and actually see some of the DREPs that we're going to be seeing on mainnet in the coming months. So Sam, where do we go after SanchoNet? Right now, the development team is working on polishing. We're finishing up the final features. We're working on improving performance. We're testing every single avenue we possibly can through some really cool automated tests that the Ledger team has come up with. And we're getting ready to get to that mainnet release. And when we get that mainnet release, we're out of the phase of SanchoNet and we move forward into the phase of Voltaire on mainnet, where these decisions will have such a strong impact on the ecosystem. You know, it's such an exciting time and it's so vital for the community to really come together on SanchoNet to test it out. I mean, this, this critical testing phase is so important. And I know everyone is so excited. We spoke at Edinburgh and several community members came up talking about how they were excited to try and test the governance and really push limits of it to see how it is. Have we seen any exciting tests done that really kind of break or challenge the system in a new and exciting way? So far, nothing's broken yet. We're expecting we're going to start seeing a lot more of that as we get to feature completion, especially when we start getting smart contracts on there, people kicking the tires there. So if you haven't gotten involved yet, we highly recommend you to get involved and kick the tires and try to find all the holes so we can patch them all up before we get to mainnet. So Sam, how can people become more involved with SanchoNet? So the first place you can go is Sancho.network. This is an open source contributed site. So if you want to contribute to the documentation, you can fork the repo and submit your own pull requests. 
then after that, you can go to the community tooling section of the site and see if your favorite wallet is listed. If it is, you can jump on using that wallet to get connected to SanchoNet. And finally, you can jump on Discord to reach me and many other community members to talk in real time with us. Sam, it was so great to spend this time with you today. I know we're excited to see the community members join SanchoNet. Below in the show notes, you will see various links to get involved and participate in the repo and in the testnet. Please reach out and please look at the show notes and join today. Yes, thanks everyone for listening to us and we look forward to seeing you on SanchoNet. To connect with some of your favorite Cardano community members, come join us at two very exciting events, NFT XLV, which is happening in Las Vegas, and the Cardano Summit in Dubai. We hope to see you there. So headwear isn't mandatory, but if you do want to help build out the mechanisms that will enable on-chain governance for Cardano, get involved via the links below. Whether you're an SPO or an aspiring DREP, deeply technical or less so, SanchoNet continues to evolve every week. So take a look and see how you might want to contribute. Talking of contributions to Cardano, the community assembled in Denver, Colorado in August at the Rare Evo event, and as ever made its presence felt. The IOG team was there with our cameras, so let's take a look at what went down. So hello and welcome to warm, sunny Colorado. We're here at Rare Evo, just a stone's throw from the Rocky Mountains. I think somewhere over there, IOG is here, the Cardano Foundation is here, Emergo is here, Intersect, the new Cardano members-based organization is here, and we're here to talk Voltaire, we're here to talk governance, to introduce the developer community to SanchoNet, and of course, to meet the Cardano community. MLabs is a consultancy that offers a wide range of services. Our bread and butter is development of um, sort of bespoke or custom applications that clients come in, come in, they tell us about you know, what their vision is, what their product that they want to create for people are, is, or what user flows they want to kind of provide to, to uh, the community. And we sit down with them and we brainstorm, okay, how, how do we design this app, right, this, uh, this smart contract protocol, and then we provide developers to, uh, to write the smart contract code, the backend code, the platform, integration, all that great stuff. The feeling is, uh, is, is very optimistic, I think. Uh, people, are, people are feeling like, okay, we have that breather to finish building and maybe kind of be ready in time for the next bull run. It's exciting because last time when the bull run was here, um, everybody was rushed to, uh, you know, to deliver on the promises they, ma they made before the bull run is done, right? Now though, the projects that manage to somehow fundraise either during the bull run or during even the winter, um, they have the breathing space to be able to calmly approach it, right? And just like take their time, make sure it's a quality product and queue it up so that when the spark, you know, flies, then, you know, it's go time and everybody's ready for it and we can just roll things out and yeah. So uh, Intersect and Voltaire means a lot uh, to MLabs and a lot of the other um, entities that have emerged on Cardano um, because we've matured as an ecosystem and now I think we have um, companies and organizations beyond the big three, Cardano Foundation, Emergo, and IOG, who are ready and willing to take on the mantle of governing the future of Cardano. And 
speaking on behalf of M-Labs, we're excited to get involved. But what makes me excited about Voltaire and Intersect is that um, the results of our discussions can feed into the decisions that are being made at the governance layer of Cardano, and then resources can be allocated towards solving those problems, right, and improving the ecosystem. And so when participants engage in those discussions, they know that like, it's leading to something. There's going to be an impact. I, uh, my name is Trim. I'm a uh, you know, full-time Cardano guy, I guess. Uh, I'm working as a consultant in the space. We're doing product management, system design, uh, you know, software architecture, data science, algorithm development, sort of all, all of the things above. And uh, you know, Cardano Improvement Proposal author, um, so, uh, applied for Catalyst funding for a Hydra project. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of different things, basically. I'm actually very excited about so you know some of the big ones like Intersect for example is something that I'm actually very interested in. It's uh, I, I applied as an individual. Uh, I'm really looking forward to sort of see where that thing goes because you know it's it's a really good approach to developing the ecosystem, sort of decentralizing the governance of the whole thing, and for me for example as an individual participant to actually have a say in you know what are my priorities? What what do I from my point of view and my experience? think is the highest priorities and like what should they actually do. You know, Intersect is a really cool thing, sign up for it. I'm Matt Plowman, uh, Steve Fisher, CTO. We are building the USDM fiat-backed stablecoin on Cardano. It's a Cardano native asset that's backed one-to-one -one with USD and a US bank account. And we have integrated the Charlie 3 Oracle into the monetary policy so that every USDM that's minted is on-chain verified to have sufficient reserves backing it. So the existing gap that we're trying to fill right now is that one dollar, one coin. So you know, we, we have Jed, it's algorithmic, you know, ISD, USD. So it's not a pure, it's not a fiat-backed stablecoin. So if you look at Ethereum, you know, you, they have Tether and they have USDC and like the amount of like business that they do versus their algorithmic coins is like a 20X, I think. Yeah. Right, so there is a lot of potential and growth for a fiat-backed stablecoin to bring that kind of stability that other chains are seeing right now to Cardano. The pain point that Mayan solves generally is reducing the volatility of the asset pair. So right now, if a, com if a company's project token is trading versus ADA, then it's one volatile token trading against another volatile token. If it's trading against a stablecoin like USDM, then it would be the risk of that token would be able to be better encompassed in the price of that token, rather than flowing through ADA. Right now, all the stablecoins we have flow through ADA. If we were able to do direct fiat to stable, then you could differentiate that mix. Yeah. Have we joined Intersect? Yes, we've joined Intersect. We, were, we joined Intersect the moment that the email hit my inbox. I, I signed up early to get notifications, and as soon as we were able to, we did. I think that USDM, stablecoin, the Mahin project in general, is going to represent a real bridge between TradFi and DeFi in the ecosystem. And so as we work through the process of launching the regulated product being the stablecoin, perhaps other regulated products coming through in the future, we can really be a, a, a formalizing force on the blockchain to help with Cardano's adoption outside of the crypto-centric universe. Through Intersect, we hope that our contribution can be one that brings a perspective from both worlds. My name is Patrick. I'm the founder of Endmaker. Um, I started Endmaker two and a half years ago in Cardano, and we made 
25% of all tokens on the chain. I think the, the part that I'm most proud of is basically that Endmaker has enabled so many other projects to just enter the space. We're behind so many projects, right? And that's really great because we are empowering other people and that just feels amazing. Like, it's not about our success, it's really about the success of the ecosystem as a whole. I believe that tooling and infrastructure for governance is extremely important uh, because by, by the right tooling, you are setting the tone of the governance. So I believe like if we, if we start and we build the right tools from the beginning that just enable transparency and enable you to just really engage with the governance on a deeper level. For me personally, Voltaire is extremely important. You know, that's the reason why I came to Cardano in the first place. I believe in that like, whole decentralized governance uh, idea. Um, and I think it's, it's opening up so many opportunities now. It's, uh, of course, funding gets available for Cardano, but it also just, it's the first step towards like a global government, right? And that's a really empowering thing. It's a government that is not not bound to any country, but it's actually just bound to the people using the network. And that's amazing because you can do so much with it. From my perspective, I, I think that, you know, IOG is set the base layer, like the, the foundational stuff and a lot of the very important things that we are using every day, right? Um, be it Plutus, be it like, uh, of course, the, the main chain and all this kind of stuff, DBSync. And now what's happening is that the community is stepping up more and more and taking ownership over parts of this. So for example, like Icon is not an IOG project. It's a, it's a, like a community project that is now being funded by the CF. And that's amazing because it's like an actual alternative. The Indigo team has been focusing a lot more recently on open source contributions. So we've been working really close with the Icon team, support, uh, supporting um, issues, writing PRs. In addition, we've also uh, written a uh, open source DEX SDK. So you can interact with MinSwap, um, MusliSwap, SundaySwap, um, ViFi, all using a TypeScript SDK with whatever backend you want to use. And that's all open source. And uh, we've seen a lot of community collaboration about that. Uh, a lot more like people are coming in, building um, uh, bots or um, uh, open source aggregators from our SDK. And we've seen um, an increase in volume and, and overall TVL for uh, DeFi applications and, and um, DEXs on Cardano as a result. One of the things about Hydra that we've yeah, yeah. learned is how they've done this open collaborative project management um, cycle. Yeah. And, and that's been um, it's been a very good opportunity for us to see how can we take that idea and integrate it into our own like community and getting our community involved in the development of our smart contracts, our off-chain infrastructure, stuff like that. So we're, we're really like pleased with the Hydra team and their, um, the way they've done open source project management and just open source in general. Um, and we, we, we're trying to take some ideas from that and trying to learn from them. From the communities that I've worked with in the Cardano ecosystem, it just makes me feel um, very confident just, you know, for the three years that I've been involved, um, the amount of progress that the dev community has made, and um, not even just the dev community, but the other, you know, just the, the community leadership and the teams making good choices and things, has really developed a lot. Um, I'd say um, it, it surprised me, especially in the last year, uh, how quickly everything has started to move and how much progress we've been able to see. So it makes me feel really confident. Yeah.
So from its very beginnings, Cardano has always been clearly defined by a technical roadmap, from the beginnings of Byron, into Shelley, into Gogan, into Basho, and now, of course, into the age of Voltaire. So what does that mean? Well, it means community involvement like we've never seen before. So I'm Sam Leathers. I'm head of product for Cardano Core Tech at IOG, and I am the one that's mainly responsible for launching SanchoNet, which is our testnet network for SIP1694. SanchoNet is the new development testnet designed specifically to help build out some of the governance features and functions for the future generation of Cardano. Sam Leathers is here and he's been demoing in a workshop exactly what SanchoNet can do. With 16.94 on testnet, I, I think that it's really exciting for us to be able to start experimenting with delegated representatives. We all need to be a part of this. If we're not all a part of it, then it, it doesn't work, right? We believe one of the keys to the success of Voltaire will be that the individuals understand their responsibility within that system. This is the realization of, of a philosophy. This is actually us creating this digital nation. Sancho.network is the website and it's there for SPOs to sign up to, get the latest information, to play their part in building out the future of governance for Cardano. So Mithril and Hydra are scalability solutions and technically part of the Basho era of the roadmap. But as we move into the age of Voltaire, scalability is going to be more important than ever as Cardano makes the journey from a project into a true digital nation. So Sebastian and Arno from the Mithril and Hydra teams are also here at Rare Evo with a special workshop to help developers set up their first Hydra head and to send their first transaction. Recapping today, it was not only about this tutorial really. We see people getting their first Hydra heads open, but that quickly evolved then into a more interactive session. With Hydra, you could host the bidding process in the Hydra head and provide much faster bid confirmations. There's a lot of senior Cardano developers in this room who I respect. It's still very new technology, so to see the people that have been implementing it, like I've seen them online, so it's nice to see people face-to-face -face in a workshop like this as well. Charles, he mentioned that we're actually trying to reduce the uh, UTXO memory usage, so it's nice to hear that we're actually lowering the barrier to entry for a lot of new developers coming in. Literally right now, I'm validating a, a, a Mithril snapshot uh, on my computer to get the Hydra head running, so it's all coming together. So events like Rare Evo are always a wonderful reminder of the passion, the determination, the resilience, the innovation and the skills that we have within the Cardano community. And as we enter the age of Voltaire and our path towards truly decentralized governance, we can be reassured that we have all the people we need here to make it a success. So the IOG education team was on the ground in Nairobi, Kenya in August, teaching the fundamentals of Haskell, Plutus and Marlowe to local aspiring blockchain developers. The course was a collaboration with the African Blockchain Centre, who kindly helped facilitate at their offices and secure participants for a 10-week training programme. IOG's Lars, Robertino and Karina were all involved in teaching Haskell and smart contract fundamentals to the group for two weeks in the classroom, followed by eight virtual weeks of training. Let's take a look. Hi, my name is Lars. I'm a mathematician and I am the director of education for IOG. And right now I'm teaching a Haskell course in Kenya. So IOG is an engineering company, mostly doing blockchain technology. And in particular, we are the engineering company that has built the Cardano blockchain. And the Cardano blockchain is different to other blockchains because it strictly follows the scientific method. So we really base everything we do on science. We have hundreds of published scientific papers and lots of scientists working for us. We collaborate with many universities all over the world. And our process normally is that first our researchers 
um, research a, a new topic or algorithm or whatever and publish it and then once it's published the, our engineers take it and convert it into software. So we believe that we have a very high degree of security because of this. Haskell is a somewhat exotic programming language and that's important for Cardano because most of our technology is built in Haskell and also our like um, flagship smart contract language Plutus is basically a version of Haskell or at least is implemented in Haskell even though nowadays you can also use other languages like even Python um, to, to program Plutus. But nevertheless, if you want to get serious about Cardano, you should know at least a little bit about Haskell. So we concentrate on Haskell first, and then in the second half of the course, want to switch to Cardano smart contract languages. But Haskell, I think, is, is also valuable in its own right, even if you never end up uh, developing anything on blockchain, because it just gives you a fresh perspective on problems and problem solving. Me and my colleagues, we were actually quite happy because we got lots of interesting questions, which is always much more pleasant for a teacher if, if there's feedback and, and questions. So we are happy about that. I think the most challenging parts are those that are highly abstract. And I always think that the best way to teach things like that is giving lots of examples, because then this abstraction doesn't fall out of the sky, but you see the reason why actually there's a need for that abstraction. So for Monad specifically, I spent the first half of the lecture not mentioning Monads at all and just giving many examples, like diverse examples that have nothing to do a priori with each other or with Monads, but then you see a common pattern, hopefully, and that motivates the introduction of this abstraction. And I always try to teach with lots of examples, if possible, because it makes it more entertaining both for me and the students, hopefully. My name is Jeff Mkungusi, and I serve as the CEO of the Africa Blockchain Center. We are driven by a core vision of training 10,000 blockchain engineers in the next five years. How we do this is through our key pillars. The first one is capacity building and blockchain as a service. I mean, if you train all this capacity and they don't have jobs, then clearly we have failed. Um, the second key pillar which drives us as well is product development, which again is fueled by the third pillar, which is research and development. If you look at Cardano technology, Cardano is, is one of the best blockchain protocols with minimal hacks. Why? Because everything, or even the key stack of the protocol written, is, being, is driven by research. All the verifiability in terms of the white papers written by professors to create the, security, the secure compute layer of the protocol itself is verifiable, and this is key for us. The program is quite intensive. There are weekly assessments uh, at the end of every week, and at each particular end of a topic, there are uh, multiple assignments that they have to do to gauge their competence and their understanding levels uh, uh, so that the, the trainers can be able to access the learning uh, process of the learners and see how they can modify it to ensure that learners don't get lost through the learning process. So they're able to adapt it at, at, it, at every end of each particular week so that it captures the learning objectives for each learner. The learning process encompasses uh, uh, assessments at each particular level. So uh, some aspects you may have uh, weekly assignments which they need to submit through a GitHub classroom. That ensures that the trainers are able to assess particular students' uh, learning process and even give feedback, uh, which can help the student improve his learning process. Hello, my name is Karina. I'm from Mexico, and I'm part of the education team 
in IOG. We have a special relationship with Africa. I think I can choose two problems we can solve with Cardano. Uh, one is financial, because uh, you can manage your own money wherever you want. If you want to uh, send uh, some transaction in other part of the world, you can make a, a smart contract and you are your owner about your, your liquidity. We can develop a lot of things with Bluetooth because it's uh, some powerful tools uh, that is special for a smart contract, but we have the opportunity to, to make in the, in the different industries, in the education, in health, um, in government, you can introduce a lot of things. My name is Robertino Martinez. I'm an Argentinian engineer, and I'm part of the education team at Input Output. And Cardano is a proof-of-stake blockchain, it's what we call third generation, that is, has programmable interactions, smart contracts, scalable and fully decentralized. And we, our main job for, of the education team is to create free open source resources for everyone to learn to build on top of it. The moment I observed the breakthrough through the students was when they asked questions about what happens next after the actual lesson. So it's, it's especially interesting when uh, a student uh, notices the limits of a subject and then tries to push it, and that's actually the next lesson. So you can, you can feel that they're actually following along. I like Cardano because, first of all, the cost of Cardano is so minimum compared to other networks. Second of all, the energy consumption of Cardano is also less. And also, it, it has a new language, which is Haskell. And as a developer, I'm always interested in learning new things. So with Cardano, it opens a new venture for me as a developer. I liked uh, the progression of learning Haskell uh, from types to constructors. And uh, then we finished off uh, yesterday with monads and also input, output, and also the server. For one, I like the mathematical analogy behind uh, Haskell. I also love the fact that its principles are uh, based on something totally different with what we follow with Web3, since it was the first time I've ventured into uh, Web3, and I was so caught up within Web2. I can say, in general, it's quite a challenging topic, um, Haskell in itself. But uh, with the help, uh, I think most of the questions I had have already been tackled. And uh, with the content materials given after, I think everything is set simple for me moving forward. My advice to anyone who wants to start Cardano is just start. Uh, your motivation to learn Cardano should be your pushing factor to see you through learning Cardano and finishing Cardano. So congratulations to all the students who are now completing the course and a big shout out of course to ABC, Lars, Robertino, Karina and everyone else working to make Cardano accessible to everyone everywhere. That's nearly it for September but before we go a couple of things you may have missed. This month the LACE team released multi-staking in beta where LACE users can divide their ADA delegation among up to five separate stake pools. Check out the LACE blog to find out more about this. And there's a great video on the feature from Farid at DAP Central. 
so make sure you check out his channel if you aren't already a regular viewer. Last month, we had Maurizio from the Midnight team on the show to give you the heads up on the approaching Midnight DevNet launch. It's not too late to express your interest in joining that, so make sure you check out the link below. The team's heading to NFT XLV this weekend in fabulous Las Vegas, so if you're local, we hope to see you there. Pop by the IOG booth and say hello. You have a chance to talk to the Lace team, the folks helping bootstrap members-based organisation Intersect, and much more. We'll bring you some updates on that next month. That's been it for September for 360. See you in October.